Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series, Faith Sees, as we look at what the Bible has to say about your future from God's perspective. Enjoy this week's message. Well, I want to welcome you back to the second week of our series entitled Faith Sees. And you know, as we started entering into this unprecedented time and and I've been praying for you, I, I just thought about how important it is when you're facing something you've never faced before, then God's trying to teach you something that you didn't know before and how important it is to see your current situation and your future from his perspective. So we're gonna go to our anchor verse and then I'm gonna take you to a story in the Old Testament from 2 Kings chapter six. 2 Kings chapter six, you might wanna get your Bible out, a mobile device, I'm gonna put some scripture on the screen and we're gonna look at a story there. We're gonna read verses 15 through 17, but we're gonna look at a story that I think really is amazing when it comes to seeing from God's perspective. I do wanna tell you, it's been amazing. All of you that have joined us, and I know there are many of you watching from so many different places, and we love hearing about where you're watching from. We love the opportunity to serve you, and, and that this maybe has been a time where we, the Milestone family, have had a chance to be an, an encouragement, a source of life, a source of hope. I want you to know that really blesses us, and we hope that we can have an opportunity to serve you more. But I wanna say also to the Milestone family, and I can't wait to celebrate all of this with you at some point in the future here where we can gather together, but I am so proud of you in this season. I'm just so proud of you and how we've had the opportunity to serve our community through blood drives and food and taking things. I got a note from one of our local uh, city police department saying thank you for those who showed up and just served us and were thinking about us and praying for us. I just wanna say thank you for being the life-giving people that you are. We set out from the very beginning, not just to have a mob of people, but to have a spiritual family. And I'm gonna tell you, when you go through crisis, it's so awesome to have a family that loves, that serves, that gives. And thank you for the way that you and your small groups have been taking care of one another and loving one another and reaching out to meet one another's needs. And, and thank you for your generosity. We've been able to take care of our staff. We've been able to continue to serve our community. And so I just wanna say thank you. And I know God's gonna see us through the same way that he saw, saw us through what we faced to this point. Now, as we begin the reopening process, God's gonna be with us in that step as well. And I believe this week's message is perfect timing as we hit a new stage of some unknowns as we talk about faith sees. I want us to go to our anchor verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and that's the verse God spoke to me when we started into this message series. And that is 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we live by faith and not by sight. And the question we're asking in this series is, can we see what we're facing now? Can we see the future? Can we, can we see through God's perspective? And what we're learning is, is that when we get God's perspective, it changes us on the inside. 
You see, what's been removed from us is a lot of the practical, tangible things, the physical things. We, we a lot of times can even prop ourselves up emotionally by the busyness and the activity. So when you remove all of the ball games and the sports and the activity and the busyness and all of the schedules and the calendar things, then what happens is now we are left to deal with where are we at in our spiritual lives? Well, what about the intangible? What about the real source of power that really makes life truly life, not just the activity? And so we've been learning about that in this series. And, and, and I, st- I thought about perspective. I, I saw this little picture that you've probably seen going around and everything's going around now from memes to jokes to all the different things. But I, I saw this little picture and you probably have before it was a dress, now it is a shoe. And the question is, is the shoe some color of teal or green or is it pink? And uh, I don't know how many of you, you know, maybe you may say right there in the chat, if you saw it as green or you see it as green or you see it as pink. And There were people that postulated and began to promote that this has something to do with whether you are left-brained or you are creative. And some of you may have said, now I know why I have so many problems uh, with this person or my spouse or my kids because they have a different brain than I do. They are using an opposite side of the brain. Uh, The truth is, from my research, I don't know that that's really what it is. A lot of it has to do with, with light. The, the shoe itself is actually pink. It just has to do with the lighting affects how you see it. And so it's amazing though. It's kind of frustrating when you're like, okay, wait a minute, I see this or this person sees this and you're, you're trying to understand the different perspectives. Um, speaking of shoes, I, I think something funny happened to me and that is my my wife asked me over and over to, to get this pair of shoes. You may have seen me wear them every now and then as this, they have like white bottoms, they're brown shoes and they have white bottoms. And she said, you need to wear these. You may see some pastors wearing them. It's kind of like this thing where you're still somewhat professional. It's like business in front, a little bit of party in the back because the shoes are a little bit white on the bottom, you know? And so they're just, they're not over the top crazy, but they give just, you know, a little bit of fun side to them. So I just resisted for months and my wife said, no, you need to get them. And I I wore them for the first time on, on a weekend and my very first message in them. And, you know, if you know me, I would just kind of wear the same thing over and over. I'm a little bit more into functionality, but I did submit to the process and I wore the shoes and I preached the message and I walked out in the commons to shake hands and the first person that walked out, I, they, they said, you know, just this, this lady, God bless her. She just said, you know, uh, the message would have been great except for your shoes. You need to kind of tone those down, color those in. And, and of course I said, God bless you, you know, God bless you. But anyway, so she didn't take to my shoes very well. But the question is perspective, right? Perspective. You know, some people see one thing, other people see another. Some of you have seen the graphic for our series and you're like, I liked the balloons last week. And some of you are like, what are the balloons there? And Pastor Jeff didn't talk about the balloons. And some of you like my jacket and others of you don't like my jacket. And others of you see green shoes and others of you see pink. And there's some, some things that are within the perspective realm of how you see it influences how you feel about it. 
And we, a lot of times, need to ask this question, and that is not just whether shoes are a different color or we're talking about taste, what about God's perspective on life? God's perspective on our future. I wanna take you to this passage of scripture that I think is so powerful. It is a story about Elisha. Elisha is the protege or the disciple, the mentee of the mentor, Elijah. And when Elijah was going to heaven, he left behind a double portion of what was on him to Elisha. And in the setting of what's happening here, the king of Aram, which is modern day Syria, he obviously was very powerful because he was powerful enough to believe that he could defeat this, the nation of Israel and he's going to attack. The only problem is every time he decides to attack, then the, the children of Israel, the people of Israel, the, 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 the nation of Israel, the king is able to make a strategic move to avoid the attack. And he begins to get frustrated. Why is it that they keep outwitting me? And he finds out that he thinks they have a spy, maybe someone who's getting the information and telling it to them. But then he finds out that actually Elisha is hearing from God and sharing that with the king. So what happens is this, this, this king of Aram, he decides we need to go kill this person who's hearing from God, Elisha, and so he sends an army out to attack him. He sends an army out to get him to Dothan. And when you look at the scene here in verse 15, 2 Kings 6, it says, when the servant of the man of God, look at this, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Look at the servant's perspective here. Now in this story, there's obviously the armies and the kings, but really there's three main characters. There's God, obviously, and God's influence in this story. Then there is Elisha and there's the servant. And I want us all to think about, obviously we can't be God, but we can understand God's perspective. But are you more like Elisha or are you more like the servant? I have to tell you, I relate to the servant. Here comes this army, very well capable of killing and attacking, and there they are gathered around, and look what the servant says. So, such a response that I relate to. Oh no, my Lord, talking to Elisha. So he has panic, he has fear, oh no. And then he says, what shall we do? He's looking for action, the servant asks. Of course, Elisha says this, he says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You, you gotta look into the scene and probably the servant is like, come again? Huh? Well, wait a minute, we are surrounded here. We're about to be attacked. And Elisha prayed and said, open his eyes. He's obviously looking in the natural, so what does that mean? Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What happened here? He began to see his crisis, his situation, his problem. 
He began to see it from God's perspective, the spiritual perspective. And so what we see happen is it's interesting, the whole theme of the continuation of this story is that Elisha prays in these, this army of, of soldiers that are coming to attack them. He asks God to make them blind and they're blind and he leads them into the city of Samaria and he has them where he can kill them. He asks again, should I kill them? The king of Israel says, look, feed them. And so he takes care of them. Long story short, this whole exercise, it ends with this statement. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. They stopped raiding Israel's territory. And here's a thought I have for you as we talk about faith sees and how practical that is for our lives. We, we, are, we are in a place where we're looking for someone to tell us what's going to happen, what could happen, what will happen, and we're looking for someone to tell us what to do. If I told you I've had one text, I've had 500 texts, phone calls, people, and that is they're looking for expert advice on what to do. Here's what I know about human nature and I know about myself. When we become afraid, we're looking for action. We're looking for what is the next thing I'm supposed to do. And by the way, God never tells us 10 steps. You've probably heard this before. He never gives us 10 steps ahead. He just tells us about our next step. And so you've heard people say, look, just take your next step. Don't look ahead. Do the last thing God told you to do. And then I hear a lot of people exhorting people, don't be afraid. Don't panic. Have peace. Just take your next step. Well, I would like to interject this. You'll never have the courage in a moment of crisis to take your next step if you don't have the divine insight that comes from God. If you don't know that God in the supernatural realm is going before you into that next step, you will always have panic and fear. But that requires faith. Elisha asking God, open my servant's eyes. What did the servant want? Make all this go away or tell me what to do to make it go away. And you know, when you begin to talk about the supernatural realm, the fact that we're fighting not just flesh and blood and a natural virus and the economy is not something we can fix or our jobs we can't fix or a circumstance. And I keep saying this all the way through this series and that is this, we are in a defining moment that we'll all look back on. This will be in history books. This is something that is a defining moment for a generation don't miss what God is trying to teach us. While all these tangible things are removed, here's what God is trying to show us. There is a supernatural realm that influences the natural realm and those that are living in the natural realm who understand the power of the supernatural realm live differently in whatever situation they face. Now, I know there's a lot of people who might say, you know, if you're like supernaturally minded, then, you know, a common response to that is we're more like the servant, you know, I, I want to know what to do. How can we fix it? Can we get all of the right biologic? Can we do that? Again, I'm an action oriented person, but you might think that a supernaturally oriented person is maybe naive, uninformed, maybe a little overly spiritual. But I want you, if you'd never have contemplated how important this is and brought this into your life, 
this understanding of spiritual warfare, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of this supernatural God to bring his insight into the situation, into your life. This is something that you need that God wants to bring into your life during this moment. Did you know we've received more than five times the number of prayer requests in the last month than we would in a normal month? Five times. People, did you know, as someone told me that Google searches for the word prayer is at an all-time high. Bible sales online have gone up. And out of all those prayer requests, most of them involve people asking for two things. I want protection from what's going around and I'm looking for provision. All of us know the unemployment numbers. We all know everyone begins. Even if they're not suffering financially, there's a fear that they could. There's a fear that I might. And so protection and provision being the number one thing that people are looking for. And, and again, because we're more like the servant. Oh no, what do we do? How do we get protection? How do we get provision? Can someone tell me what we're supposed to do so we tune in every single night? We're tuning in to all of the different addresses. We're looking for some doctor, Dr. Fauci, or the, the, some doctor, some expert. You know, who can tell us? We're all tuned in looking for that expert advice because we want someone to tell us, how can I get protection from the surrounded army? How do I get provision in a world that seems so uncertain? Can I encourage you with something? The starting place for a follower of Jesus Christ and a biblical follower, the starting place is not panic, and it is for us a lot of times, but it shouldn't be. The starting place should not be panic, and the starting place should not be what action do we take. The starting place needs to be in the presence of God, asking for him to move and work on our behalf so that God becomes the source that we look to in our lives. But you have to do that by faith. You have to do that. Remember, it's not our faith. It's not our faithfulness alone. It's the faithfulness of God that gives us the ability to open our eyes to see it from his vantage point. You know, in the role that I have, I, make, I have to make decisions. I don't mind making decisions. Um, I have to tell you, though, that if I'm being transparent with you through this has been a difficult time. I'm a linear person. I'm looking for the, the information that I need to make decisions. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I did pastor during 9-11. I was a senior pastor during 9-11, the recession of 08, 09. I've walked through crises. And so you're, you go, okay, how do you make decisions when the decision you make one day may have a different set of circumstances the next day? How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you walk through that situation? There's a term in business called black swans and there, there was always thought to be that all swans were white until they found out that there were actually black swans. And it, and it, it actually is a, is a way of looking at that there's three categories of information. We have, we have things we know, known knowns. We have known unknowns, the things we know we don't know. And then you end up where we are today, where we have unknown unknowns. We have things we don't know that we don't even know. But here's what I found. Here's what I found. 
when you have a supernatural understanding by faith that whatever decisions that I have to make that are waiting for me in the future that I don't even have the information for, God's presence is gonna be there with me. God's power is gonna be there with me. Did you know I literally even believe this, that if you have a heart before God and you're seeking him and you're inviting his supernatural power into the decisions you make in whatever area of your life, here's what I believe. You can even, what seems like temporarily, make the wrong decision or have a temporary setback and God's gonna ultimately lead you to the purpose he has for your life. I'm not talking about sinful decisions or dishonoring God decisions, but I'm talking about we get too keyed up because we're too focused on our ability to fix the situation. If I were to tell you one of the number one things that affects our culture, the area that I pastor and even myself, is that we truly believe many times that we can practically, rationally, and logically, if we had the right information, fix all of our problems. God has brought us to a moment in human history where there's so many unknown unknowns. He's saying, trust me, there's more in the supernatural realm that's with you than there is any army in front of you. So I began to pray about that and there's an impartation of that. There's an intangible to that. And I just began to ask this question, how do we grow in divine insight? How do you grow in this, this, Lord, open my servant's eyes? How do we go from the servant who's panicked, who's just looking for what do we do, to the one who sees the way Elisha sees, to see as God sees? Well, how do we grow in it? I wanna give you just a few thoughts here before I pray for you. Number one, we have to acknowledge the reality of the spiritual world. You, you'll never begin to engage with something that you don't even believe is real. Until you begin to acknowledge the reality that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Until you acknowledge the reality that every problem you have in your life is not a result of the fact that all of the numbers analytically didn't add up, that there's a real enemy in the world and sometimes you're dealing with, a, with an enemy, you're dealing with a, a supernatural weapon, weapon formed against you and, 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 and a lot of times it's not because you don't have enough tangible things that you can see that if you could move and manipulate properly it would fix all your problems. So sometimes God is saying, look, it's, it's not that, it's I want you to walk by faith. I want you to engage in this supernatural reality. And what happens is when we begin to do that, we begin to see our confidence grow because our confidence is not in our ability. Our confidence is in this supernatural God that, that he starts getting bigger. He, he created the world he, he spoke it into existence. He is able, he is capable to do, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. And so we start engaging with this supernatural God, which gives us confidence. And you know what happens to a person who acknowledges that reality on a consistent basis? I'm not talking about an arrogance or a pride. There's a life that flows out of them. There's a confidence, a, a humility, but a confidence you know, one of the things, a term all of us have learned besides social distancing is a term called asymptomatic, meaning that one of the things we're concerned with with this virus is that there are all these people who actually have it, who have no symptoms, so we don't know that they have it. 
Well, I, I know we're all still learning about that, but let me tell you something as a pastor and someone who reads the scripture. There's no such thing as a person who develops eyes of faith, who sees the world through the lens of the God who created it, who is in touch with the supernatural reality of his power in the supernatural world to affect the natural world. There's no person infected with that virus that's asymptomatic. They will have symptoms coming out of them. Symptoms of peace, confidence. I don't know, but I do know the God who knows. I don't know the answer to that question, but I know when we get there, God's gonna unfold it to us. And so I have a peace because I know God's moving supernaturally ahead of me. So I'm not afraid to take my next step because I know God's ahead of me. He surrounded me in my next step. The second thing you need to do is you need to start understanding through the word the supernatural world. This is not a personality thing. This is not a brand of Christianity thing. This is a Bible thing. When you really read this book, it's supernatural. I mean, it is filled with miracles. With this one story, if you really read it from Elisha, this servant who sees into the supernatural world and this army who goes blind and all that, like if that was the only story in the Bible, you could think, well, pastor, you're making a big deal out of this. But this book is filled with supernatural activity. It's filled with moments where God brings an intersection of his supernatural kingdom into this kingdom of this world. I think about this this week. I thought about John 18 when Pilate was basically interrogating Jesus and says, well, all this stuff in the natural, you know, even your followers have put you up to be arrested. And Jesus makes a statement to Pilate where he says, what you are looking at in the natural, you might think I'm losing in this situation, but what you don't understand, and I know I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but Jesus makes the statement to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is bigger than what you see with your natural eyes, and there's an agenda at work in the earth that's bigger than what you see, Pilate. And again, I'm paraphrasing Jesus' statement there, but that was, that was Jesus in everyday life. You say, man, Elisha, that's this prophet, this guy in this, this, this story called the man of God. Well, guess what? Jesus embodies all of that. And Jesus Christ, when you accept him, lives on the inside of us. When he went to heaven, he said, I'm gonna leave behind the Holy Spirit, the comforter who has that same power. Elisha and even Elijah, his mentor, is referred to in the book of James as a human being like us. So when we begin to read the word, we begin to understand that this is not some extra form or some out of the box form of Christianity, it is biblical Christianity. So you begin to take on the perspective of the Bible that I'm not just a person living out an existence trying to figure out what to do. I am now endowed with power from heaven, the person of Jesus Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit. And now I look at my world through a totally different lens on a regular basis. I, I, I try to teach my kids this in prayer. My daughter, Lainey Kate, my youngest, we've been praying and we've been studying the Holy Spirit. And so we've been talking all about it. And 
I, I love to get them thinking about the supernatural world. See, I'm, I'm convinced a lot, of, a lot of young people walk away from this because it's only rhetoric, it's words, it's information, it's a religion of just dialogue and, and, and it's, just a, it's, it's just some kind of sect of religion. But when you experience God, you have a whole different understanding of it. And so I start teaching my kids about praying that. And one of the things that my daughter Lauren and Lainey, as they, as they pray, they, they always have started this concept of praying that there are these angels around our house when we pray at night, because fear is a big thing for a young child. And so this, 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 this angels that are around our house, they've gotten stronger, they've gotten bigger, they've gotten more powerful in their prayers. It started as God put a hedge of angels around us. God put these angels, then the angels began to get, you know, put this size angel and then the angels had shields and then the angels had swords. And then the other night I was praying with Laney and it's like, the angels are there and they got shields and they got swords and they're all on fire and the devil's scared of them. <laughs> and so I'm just like, it just kind of keeps growing. And, and you know what? I think that's good. I would rather my children, and I'm trying to impart this to you. I'd rather them have a view of their life that there is a supernatural God, his angelic host, his supernatural power is surrounding my house, is surrounding me when I go to school, is surrounding my car when I drive, surrounding my life. You know, if we had a more supernatural impartation, maybe our world wouldn't be so filled with anxiety. You know, the most anxious person on the earth is the person who thinks, I need to know what to do, but I don't know who's with me in what I need to do. Even if I knew what to do, I'd be scared to do it because I don't have the supernatural power around me to give me confidence that God is with me because his presence and his power is a game changer. And so the final thing I would say to you is, this doesn't have to just be words in a book. It can begin to be something that you experience for yourself. So I just wanna, I just wanna ask you to invite God into your worship. It's not just songs, you know, and I hope when we gather back together that hopefully there's such a, a new fresh wave of us having been worshiping in our homes and inviting God's presence into our worship that there's a whole new wave of engagement and, and the presence of God because we've invited him into our worship. It's not about, well, I wish they would sing this song. We've invited him into it. We're reading the Bible now and, and I hope you are. I hope you come out of this with a greater experiential supernatural understanding of God. If you don't, we've wasted the moment. You read the Bible with supernatural understanding. Maybe you begin to look at 1 Corinthians 12. Did you know what was present in Elisha was a gift and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit called a word of knowledge that God was giving him understanding of what was happening there. You know what? The Bible says we're to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So maybe it is, God, I wanna eagerly desire the manifestations of your supernatural power in my life. Let me be real practical. Do you, do you invite God supernaturally into your business decisions, into your work life. Some of you are like, I don't know which way to go with the world and economy and all of this in my job. Have you invited God into it? You know, maybe what has changed has been God's setup for you to, to lead you into a new season. 
Maybe you need to look at your business and say, okay, if I'll, I believe money is spiritual. I really do. And I believe it according to the scripture because we see the supernatural hand of God in that area of people's lives in the Bible. So we begin to say, God, I want to invite you into my business. I want my business to not be naturally decisive, but supernaturally blessed. God, I want to invite you into my relationship with my wife. I want to invite you into this situation with my kids. God, I want to invite you into this health situation. I wish I just knew what to do. And so you're asking for protection. You're asking for provision. Have you started with presence? God, I want your presence in this situation. And when you do, God starts opening your eyes to that supernatural realm. You know, I took a chaplaincy internship when I was in college. And in this internship, I learned something really powerful. And that was as a young guy studying for ministry, I learned as I went into hospitals, I was really like scared that I might mess something up when someone's in this situation. And I'll never forget a mentor, an older pastor. I said, I, what do I do when people are in crisis? What do I tell them? Like, do I need to have the answers? How do I explain it theologically? And he told me something that stuck with me forever. And that is when someone's in crisis, what they need is for you to be present, to know you care. And second of all, you don't have to solve the problem. Just continually remind them that God is with them and he is a supernatural God who will show up. And what you do is you just keep leaning on the power of God in a certain situation when you don't have any answers. You know, I carried that through in ministry for years of just praying with people in crisis moments and hospital situations. And I faced it with my own father who passed away on October 29th, but nine years before that, he was in ICU for six months. And I would go and visit him and, and there I was not as a pastor, but as a participant. I really believe that God, God finally healed him. The enemy kind of stopped fighting because he thought, I got to get these spiritual people out of the ICU because there's too much hope being given. Did you know what? When a person who is able to see, as Elisha prayed for his servant to see, when they walk into a crisis situation, when they walk into an ICU room, when you walk back into when it reopens your office place or your friends or your situation, when a person who understands the supernatural realm that there is more for us and there is more in the host of the army of God than there is in whatever situation, you bring hope, you bring life. And so I realized that even as a participant, that we have the supernatural power of God in every circumstance and in every situation when we see it from God's perspective. It's available for you. Are you seeing what you're facing now? I just wanna ask you that, whatever you're facing now, you've tried everything under the sun, you've tried every single scenario to try to know what to do to fix it and there's really maybe not any tangible answers your current situation? Are you fearful and anxious about the new realities that are coming? Are you looking at it like the servant? Oh no, what do we do? Can I encourage you? A different opportunity and that is, God, I want to walk by faith and not by sight. 
Open my eyes to see it from your perspective. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray for every person, every situation they're facing, every circumstance. Lord, we say to you, Lord, we we actually repent to you that we are more naturally focused. We are more fix it ourselves, analyze it ourselves, figure out the situation ourselves. And Lord, we say that we wanna invite you. We wanna invite your presence and your power into our situation. And we wanna see it through a supernatural lens, through a biblical lens. And we wanna experience your presence in every single area of our lives. So we invite you in today in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do for you or help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.